Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by UNA, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Akila Johnson. Akila is the director of IT and GNA procurement at Molson Coors, but more importantly, she is focused on strategic operations management. Akila is on a mission to evangelize the benefits of working in procurement to people that are already here, as well as to aspiring sourcing professionals. So hi, Akila. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. So I talked a little bit in the intro about your current role and what your passion is within the space, but what else should people know about your professional journey to this point? Yes, really great question. So the people that I'm trying to evangelize to is a person that I used to be. So I started out in accounting and finance. So that is that is one. <laughs> Excellent. So given that background, you know, I talked about the fact that part of your mission and your passion is reaching out to people with varied backgrounds that we think would make an important addition to the procurement community as well as to sort of re-winning over those people that are already here. What do you think the benefit is of preaching to the choir, an expression I might use to talk about the folks that are already here but in procurement and maybe just need to be reminded of why this is such a great place to work? Yeah, so I am on a mission to debunk all of the Dilbert purchasing and procurement <laughs> comic strips. I have one that I want to share with you. While, you know, there are some, there are some truths to some of this. Some of it is, you know, over-exaggerated. So this one is Bob works in procurement. Your duties are simple. People will come to you and ask you things. Assume all people, all employees are lying treasure hunting these give them low sub low cost substitutes and claim the savings on your accomplishments is that what we try to do no i should hope not <laughs> <laughs> but for the people on the outside looking in they may interpret it that way and then you have individuals like myself who did not start in procurement i actually started in finance and accounting and i had the same questions that a lot of the people that I'm trying to evangelize to have. And then how can I add value in the space of procurement or for existing individuals, how can I be seen more as a partner versus um, ancillary support or um, tactical support? And the way we do that is we become more and more passionate about what we're doing and we continue to stress the importance of our roles as strategic partners. So, if you are an individual who loves to learn new things and gain exposure and manage relationships and the list goes on and on, I think that this is, or it has been my dream job. I feel very fulfilled being in this role. Well, and it's funny because that sort of traditional stereotype of, of procurement people, and I was just thinking in the back of my head, like, okay, so there's bean counter Penny pincher, pencil sharpener. That's a personal favorite. 
sort of the old stereotype of that passing off low cost substitutes that is the traditional stereotype of a role in procurement. And so you can see why that might drag down even the most enthusiastic people that work in the field. And certainly people that are not already in the field, whether they read Dilbert or not, are thinking, yeah, I don't think that's really how I want to spend my day counting beans and sharpening pencils. Um, how can we start to broaden the appeal by changing, let's say, the brand, right? How do we start to escape that traditional stereotype associated with just what you shared in that Dilbert cartoon? We have to tell the story, right? Our story is a lot sexier than what we let on. It is not just penny pension, right? There's a bigger picture because yeah. we have a contract that we've negotiated. So if we allow people to deviate from the contract, then we're missing out on value in other areas of the organization, right? And that has an impact on our solution that we've created. Now, as you talk to people that are outside of the profession and you're either trying to win them the over to the idea of working with procurement or potentially even lure them in and get them to join our ranks, have you found that there's any sort of hook? Like what sort of a message when you think about telling that story, what tends to resonate the most or be the most effective in terms of starting to change the perspective people have? That is a really great question. It's a loaded question, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> you're good at this. Um, so it depends on the generation that you're speaking to. So for me, I feel fulfilled in my role. I feel like that I can recreate, reinvent myself, so to speak, from indirect categories to direct categories. So it's about exposure for me. I like to create, I'm a problem solver. So I like to identify those problems and bring people together and come up with those solutions. Um, but it is a really great work-life balance. Um, it gives you a sense of empowerment. You have the reins around the data and the people to a certain degree, right? You're influencing others to come up and think outside of the box, but come up with solutions. That's going to impact everyone in the organization. Now, one of the things that always comes to mind for me, and we've mostly talked about sort of internal to the company, but I also think the idea of who procurement is when you think about facing externally it's, it's almost a little bit overwhelming if you work in procurement, but when you think about it, to each supplier, you are the company that you work for. You're the face, you're the voice, you're the tone, you're the brand. And so even projecting what it's like to work with a company can come down to the charisma and storytelling and professional style of one individual. Um, I'd be curious to know if you think that most suppliers are sort of of the Dilbert procurement school of thought, or if enough of them have worked with enough more passionate professionals like yourself that have sort of opened up to this idea that, okay, not all procurement professionals are robots. They're not all just sharpening their pencils. They're also trying to, like you said, problem solve, create value, um, do new things for the company. Have you seen anything of, of the supplier's perspective and what we're talking about? I think it's a 50-50 split. Mm. We still have some of the suppliers who see uh, the procurement organization as the Dilbert comic strip. However, the more um, innovative organizations, they understand that procurement and developing relationships with procurement is extremely important for them to get an insight into the organization as well as 
our internal stakeholders to understand more about what the supplier is offering. So we are that conduit, right? We're selling on both sides. Mm -hmm. So having procurement on your side is very, very instrumental for internal and external stakeholders. And it's interesting that you use the word conduit. I actually love that word choice because so many times in conversations that we end up having, what comes up is the fact that procurement doesn't make the decision. So we're sort of making recommendations to the business. We're giving them advice. We're carrying feedback and input and ideas and challenges to the suppliers. And we're passing it back and forth. But passing doesn't mean we have to be passive, right? Because right. sometimes we're curating. Sometimes it's you know, what new source of supply do we go find or what market intel do we bring into the conversation to change things? I love this idea, what you're saying about procurement, selling on both sides. Uh, influencing skills end up being very important in that kind of situation, don't they? Absolutely. And relationship management, right? Because yes. every message that you have is not going to be a good positive message. But you've established that trust, you've established that relationship um, and credibility, with both your internal and external stakeholder that hopefully they have that trust that, you know, you're going to have their best interest at heart. Yeah. Now you talk about relationships and when you and I had connected for the pre-interview, you said something that I thought was extremely funny and that I completely related to from all of my time in procurement. You joked that your job is to deliver bad news for a living. So I'm sure everyone in procurement that's listening into this can completely relate to that. So my questions for you are, what exactly do you mean by that? And why is it such an important part of your job? Yeah, so delivering bad news well, <laughs> right? Um, it goes back to what we were just talking about, the relationship building piece. In most of the recommendations and award scenarios, it is going to be a one size fit most. Mm -hmm. Everyone is not going to be able to get everything that they want or desire out of every negotiation. So we have to think holistically and put that compelling you know, story together about, hey, we may not be able to do these things in this particular phase. However, in years two and three, we should definitely look at optimizing our existing relationship or innovating. And most the time, most of the time, it, <laughs> it goes over well, right? Um, other times we do have to go back to the drawing board, but there's not a lot of scenarios where people get exactly what they want every time. Yeah. And that is life, right? And obviously everybody would prefer to deliver good news, but that's fun, right? To be the happy news messenger the interesting thing is when you talk about delivering bad news well, it makes me think from an operational standpoint about what happens if bad news doesn't get delivered. I mean, bad things and disruptions and risks are going to happen regardless of whether or not that news gets delivered. And back to this idea of selling on both sides and being a critical conduit of information, that is part of that procurement role, right? Is when we discover something that's not what people want to hear, really the sooner you deliver the news, the sooner that solution formulation can start. And the organization can pivot. You're absolutely correct, right? So that's also part of the relationship, being transparent, being upfront and honest. That's what they're expecting you to be, almost like mm -hmm. an advisor. And as a procurement professional, we owe it to ourselves to provide our stakeholders with that upfront information. There are times where it's confidential and you can't share as 
as soon as or early as you want to. However, when you can share, just like we want to be involved in the process early, we don't want to come in at the 12th hour. They also don't want to find out bad news at the, at the 12th hour either. Yeah. And the other relationship that we haven't talked about yet that I think comes in at this point in it is procurement's relationship with procurement. I mean, there are certainly companies where there's, you know, a procurement team of one, you've got sort of a lone wolf situation. Hopefully then they're at least part of finance or part of AP. So there's other people, but finding strength from the team, like, okay, I have to go deliver this bad news. I want to do it well. Help me think through how I'm going to message or give me the moral support, the energy that I need to go have this conversation. I think we can bolster each other. It's, we're, we're not usually the only person being that conduit and dealing with these challenges. We as a team can really get through that together and then circle back with our experience and, and say, you know what? I opened this way. I positioned it like that. I went to the whiteboard. We started figuring it out and it went okay. That becomes part of the professional development process for everybody in procurement and hopefully improves that next time that bad news has to be delivered well. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> now, Akila, we have a tradition here mm -hmm. at the Sourcing Hero Podcast, so I'm going to initiate you. Are you ready to join the club of Sourcing Hero Podcast guests? I am ready. Excellent. I'm going to give you two questions. You can pick either one, and there is no wrong answer. So your options are, what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you? Or if you want to take sort of a broader look at this idea, what does heroism look like in a business context? I'm going to take the first one. Okay. What does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to me? Problem solver solutioning, um, relationship builder and maintainer. I, I, I do love what I do. So I was recruited into this role. I was dubious coming into the role. <laughs> However, I've been in this discipline for over 10 years now. And this was the best decision I've ever made. Being able to see both the operational side of things as well as reporting and then coming up with solutions and then overall impacting the organization. I love that. I have a passion for that. Excellent. We could turn this into a recruiting video, Akila. We need to take out like big billboards and share this and all you problem solvers out there, right? We need you. We want you. You're welcome. Pencil sharp or not, you don't have to count beans. Come and join us in procurement and solve some really challenging, important problems. Yes. We're talking to those people who are passionate yes. about solutions. So the solution enthusiasts, procurement is for you, whether you major in supply chain or finance or whatever your discipline was, there is a place for you here in procurement. And we need that diversity of thought. We need that diversity of perspective in this space as we continue to be more innovative around how we are coming up with solutions to our everyday problems. Now, Akila, if people have met you for the very first time through this podcast interview, what is the best way for them to reach out, to connect, to find you and learn more? LinkedIn under Akila Johnson, comma MBA. I accept everyone who sends me a friend request. Don't be shy. I'm open to 30-minute networking conversations as well. So reach out.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero Podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.